The Grappling Hour is brought to you by Ludagear, athletic support items created by grapplers for grapplers. Fire Grub Meal Prep. Meal Prep. Done right. Vince is one of those individuals, we've known him for uh, years now on this show, actually. I mean, we go back almost five, six years. Friend of Verbal Tap, friend of uh, just about everybody. I mean, uh, our buddy Milton fought him once and was like, yeah, he's dope. I like him. Didn't like that he beat me, but, like, he's dope. So it's uh, kind of a cool thing whenever you get the opportunity to pull on people who you know are solid quality individuals. So Vince just tagged that right now. We're going to go ahead and pull him on. Tell us uh, the who, what, where, when, why. When are you fighting? Who are you fighting? Yes, I'm fighting uh, next week, Friday, November 16th uh, at LFA, of course. Me, LFA number 54. And I'm fighting down in Costa Mesa at the OC Fairgrounds against Joe Murphy. And uh, I'm really excited, man. Joe Murphy was, you know, he was a prospect, a really good prospect about three years ago. And he's one of RFA's top guys at the time until he fought my boy Terry on. And yeah, I mean, he's, he's a black belt. He's got great skills in the ground. He's got knockout power, but I've been training my ass off and this is what I wanted, man. I wanted to fight tough guys with names to prove that I belong, not just at the top of the LFA, but in the UFC. Is it weird to have somebody that you, uh, you know, share uh, a fight with, with both you and Terry on like, what was Terry reaction when you told him like, Oh yeah, I'm going to be fighting him next. No, it's a good fight. I mean, for all of us, all of us that train together all the time, we know we know what level we we're at, mm-hmm. and and he knows it's going to be tough too. He's like, but that's a great that's a great matchup for me. Um, still, you know, people people have been sleeping on me. I feel I feel like I'm the Kyle Kuzma of of MMA right now, man. <laughs> <laughs> you feel that people are are sleeping on you still? Yeah, yeah, I, I really do. To be honest, I think. You know, the guys in the gym that I train with mm-hmm. and, you know, the guys at Black House and stuff have been going over there getting a bunch of work and, you know, they, they know what's up and, and I'm going out there. I'm going out there every single time. I'm proving that that I'm that level of a fighter, man. And I'm just really excited to, to fight yet another challenging, tough opponent and then go show the world that that I'm up there, man. But don't <laughs> you, like, have belts that would suggest otherwise? Like, at a certain point, just from the most basic of levels, you would say, well, this guy's one belt, so, I mean, maybe we should figure he's a thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, at the amateur level, I uh, won that U of MA belt and defended it. And, you know, I have three fights. One, two. Yeah, three fights in the LFA. And three wins in the LFA. I'm ranked number four right now on Access TV, so that's that's all great. But but I want to be there in the UFC. I know I can fight sure. those guys and dominate those guys 
right now. Um, so I'm just excited to go and prove it yet again. That makes sense. And again, I, I guess I say this as somebody who uh, has trained with you and, and is very familiar with what you do. And like the hard part for me is I honestly, and I don't mean to, to blow smoke up your ass, but I felt like the last time I rolled with you, it was about December. You <laughs> were, I want to say leaps and bounds from where you were before. And you're already somebody who's really good. Like you are 100% better than me. But it was the degree in which you were better to me didn't proportionally go the same way. It was just like, oh, here he's, <laughs> he's this much better than me or this much better than me. And then it's like, oh, I'm not even the same realm anymore. Oh, man. Well, I appreciate that, Raph. You're being, being too kind. But um, to be honest with you, too, like I started training with Kevin Casey a lot more after that. Mm. And my ground game has just jumped up to another level from that, of course. You know, he's a Hicks and Gracie black belt. So the little bits of knowledge that he's passing on to me here and there is has helped me tremendously on the ground. And I've been putting a bunch more work in, um, not just doing jujitsu stuff, but getting a bunch of wrestling and grappling in as well. So I just feel like, you know, I'm going to be unstoppable everywhere. I'm not there yet, but slowly as we work and, you know, a year down the line, two years down the line, I want to be at that TJ Dillashaw level where it's, you can't out wrestle him. You can't out strike him. You know, who knows what TJ's jujitsu is because you, no one can ever get it down there anyways, yeah. but that's where I want to be. I want to be able to take the fight anywhere and wherever and i feel like i can do that right now at least at, at this level of opponent of course of course and that is a nice thing to see for you in particular is that you know as you know that your own skill level is improving and developing and you're working with kevin i see you putting in these late night sessions so do you mind kind of giving us an idea or a look into what an average day looks like because when i'm starting to sign off at night and call it a day I sometimes see an Instagram story and I go, are you training now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This camp man has been absolutely crazy. I really like, as you know, I take photos and video. That's, that's my job as well. That, that pays the bills. Cause mm. you know, unfortunately us, us fighters, we can't just live off of those checks until we're at the highest level, <laughs> but I've been putting off a bunch of gigs and things just to really, really focus on my game, focus on this camp. So, you know, I'm hitting anywhere from three days uh, on Mondays and Wednesdays and and then Tuesdays and Thursdays is sometimes three days sometimes it's two a day I usually take one full rest day and that's uh, for this camp has been on Saturdays and then uh, on Sunday I'm back hitting it again and you know a lot of the, that credit goes to my coach Adam Lerner at A4 Boxing he's put a lot into me for this camp he's with me for a bunch of sessions even like my wrestling sessions and things like that he's there watching me making sure I'm doing everything right so he has me you know running sprints in one session um, doing swimming workouts, wrestling late at night. Those are probably the ones you see. You know, we go from like 8.30 to 10.30 at Fight Science with uh, Ian and Coach Nate over there wrestling. So it's it's fun, man. It's a grind. Like my body's definitely sore sometimes, but sure. it's also ridiculous at how good my recovery is because mm -hmm. I've been training so hard and I've been hitting those sprints right that my body is just recovering so fast. I'm able to just go, 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 go when I train, when I spar, whatever it is. That is cool, and, and that is something uh, that I feel that you see when people are going from their amateur status to their pro status is. I feel like that's one thing that, especially as I try to pay attention to the small details with you, I felt like you always had good hands and good jiu-jitsu, but now you're able to do that thing where you see professionals can pick and choose how and when they wanted to win the fight. Like, 
the the little sharpness that makes them uh, very calculated and very 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 there because I saw one of your last fights I forget exactly which one this is I'll have to jog my memory in a second but it was one of your last CXF fights I felt like you were so composed and that that composure was what ended up paying off and I feel like that was about a year ago wasn't it yeah yeah I mean yeah. my first Let's see, I fought Ryan Lilly in a battle. That was a year ago. Mm-hmm. And then my pro debut was like last March. And same thing, it was it was the composure that won me the fight. But you you said the right word, man, calculated. And that's that's what I feel have really has brought me to the next level is is that there's a lot that goes into this and it's calculated. There's a rhythm to everything and there's timing. Like we're not just going out there and fighting. I'm not going out there and like waiting okay now's the right time to jab and throw overhand like it's we're we're trying to break down our opponents um in various different ways whether it be pressure whether it be with strikes whether it be with grappling and it's really fun because each each person is a different puzzle and you know we got to make some changes on the fly but uh the you know the past few fights i've really been able to make those changes thanks to my coaches and we're getting wins that's cool (laughs) what has changed the most for you man like what is really evolved or what is modified the most in this i want to say you know i mean like you talk about golden eras but i feel like your your athletic ability and 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 stature has changed especially in the past two years what do you feel has been the biggest change for you i think it's i think it's mentality you know as an amateur i always had that mentality to win Mm -hmm. but after my first pro fight when I got comfortable striking, you know, something clicked in my head where it's like, man, I can not just do this and be a professional fighter, mm-hmm. but I could be one of the best. I can be the best. And I think just that whole attitude shift has made me really focus on the game and, and take everything a lot more seriously. I mean, I thought I was taking it seriously before, but, you know, it's just a whole nother level right now. And and I think that mentality is, is what has changed. and. You know, everything follows suit. Like I remember I remember when I first got my blue belt, I was like, Oh, I wasn't sure if I was ready, but immediately I started grappling like a blue belt. And then same thing, I got my purple belt soon after that. I was like, Man, I'm definitely not ready for a purple, but since he belted me and then sure enough I was grappling like a purple belt. So yeah. it's a lot of that is just a, a switch in your head to know like, hey, you know what, I am fast, I am athletic, I can strike, I can wrestle, I can grapple. And that switch in my head from being you know, I can be a professional too. I can be the best professional. Sure. That's really what changed everything for me. I mean, I, I I remember when you did get your purple. I remember you being like, ah, <laughs> I mean, uh, I don't know. I remember you telling me that. And I was like, this is absurd. Like, one of the things that I, I always tell people is I say, you know, I'm not here to tell you I know everything about grappling. I don't. But what I do know is you can kind of feel people's different power levels. And I always felt that there's a really fun element to the way that you grapple. And then I felt like once you understood that you had that as a solid foundation, you concentrate on your hands. And I saw your hands get even more emphasis in being even better. And then when I see you over there working with the guys over at Black House, you can't know what you know about Black House without realizing your wrestling game is going to improve as well. Like your specific all around game is going to come up as well. 
with that sort of uh, rising tide sort of uh, perspective. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. It's it's that iron sharpens iron mentality. And it isn't a thing where you need to jump ship from small gyms to big gyms, mm-hmm. but I'm blessed to be able to still have my own coaches, still have my smaller focused work, and then also go to Black House and you know mix it up with the big boys, mix it up with mm-hmm. that whole iron sharpens iron type of thing. So training with a bunch of UFC guys, Bellator guys, it's it's just it's great for me to be able to to kind of blend my whole camp and, and be able to get that kind of work. Well, it's always funny because I look around and I'm like at any given point in a two week span, it's all of you are fighting. Like you just look around and you go, Oh, that was, they got two weeks. Then in a month, it's somebody else. Yep. Um, but I feel like you guys are almost everywhere. I know that Blake is on the same card as you as well. Mm-hmm. So that's, yeah, we've got lot. troop over there. I think that, uh, Kalen's on it as well. He's he's from Black House. He's a, a prospect. He's been knocking everybody out. I think he's like three and zero now. But the the past two LFAs have been vicious knockouts. So pretty sure he's on it. I don't know if I don't know if that's set or anything. But yeah, man, we're going out there. We're we're gonna do work. <laughs> um, you've been uh, you're fascinating in this realm, which is you're one of those people who loves Kobe Bryant. And you picked up the book, I know for sure. I got it right here. Oh, Jesus. This, this is going to seem way more planned than it really is. Yeah, no, I <laughs> it's got not it. planned. It's not it, at all planned. It was Let's right there, though. Clear. <laughs> what is it about Kobe Bryant? Because I, I've heard people talk about this, and we had a guest by the name of uh, Tex Johnson who was on earlier who talked about it for himself uh, in a similar but different way. Mm. He was talking about it more from the idea that you need to find your darkness. So I don't know that we're going to go that route. But he was saying that for certain athletes, in order for them to perform and get to that place, they have to uh, be at a certain mentality and go from there. What is it about Mm -hmm. Kobe Bryant? I'm more concerned for your question line. Like, what is it that aligns you with him and what makes you drawn toward that mentality? Yeah, well, just briefly touching on the darkness you know, that's an old Carl Jung idea of uh, interacting and integrating with your shadow, that shadow side. So, you know, I agree with um, whoever whoever mentioned that. That's definitely a big part of being not just an athlete, but a human, being able to touch into that darkness and realize that you have that inside of you and rather than rejecting it, just accepting it and using it to your advantage. So, you know, that's a big part of it. But, um, but yeah, what's appealing to me about the whole mentality is just that, I guess that that ferocity of trying to be the greatest and really just going through the process and not just working your way through the day and knowing like oh I gotta I gotta get that workout in and then then I'll be cool then I have some time off it's it's no I know I gotta rehab my ankles so Kobe talks a lot about his ankles in there and all the little injuries that he had so all the rehab stuff all the different workouts it's about his family too like there's that hilarious meme where where it's Kobe and his daughters, and it's it's after after he retires, like so. What y'all like to do? I don't know if you've seen that one. <laughs> yeah, I have seen. But that. in in the book, he he mentions too, like he had a choice of of leaving his family or doing basketball stuff or giving up sleep. So he just gave up sleep in order to 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 see his family and do the stuff he needs to do. So the whole thing about it is is really just everyone knows the things they need to do to get it done to be great. But Kobe is one of the few guys that actually did it and just went through that process and worked hard. So I think just using him as an example for me, it's just very inspiring and surely, I mean, it's elevated my game 
because he's you know he's been my favorite player since since day one I started watching basketball and Pop's a huge Laker fan so it was cool to have that book come out especially in the middle of my camp because it's just making me all fired up (laughs) (laughs) it is interesting because you do see like there is a certain um connecting thread he may not be uh, the same sport as you but there are definitely things that people can cross apply and and that sort of mentality of, of doing that are you finding that with other things as well because i knew kobe was an instant uh thing because i see you post about him and i know you you really do identify with that but there are other things that you're drawing in from outside as well yeah i mean sorry other thing drawing outside from just wondering if you're drawing from outside of uh you know the realm of sports because i know you're always reading a book and i see that's a really cool thing when you see a fighter get into camp and you get a perspective as to where they might be because you see how you're getting from a difference of opinions or philosophies that then play a role in that. So are you pulling from anywhere else as well? Well, absolutely. It's, it's trying to be a better human, you know, reaching my fullest potential. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, there's a book uh, by Robert green that just came out, came out the same day as Kobe's book. Um, And he, he wrote like 48 laws of power and other, other great books like that. But it's about, you know, everything that it's about the the human experience and everything that goes on inside of your head, inside of your body, how you act. And for me, that's always been a big thing. Like I fancy myself a Renaissance man. Like I just have so many different curiosities. And when I get lashed on to something, I just dive deep. Like whether it was, you know, photography, videography, MMA, you know, I first picked up MMA and I became an MMA encyclopedia, like right off the bat. I have this tendency to just get sucked into something and I want to learn all about it. So for me, it really, it's just reaching my fullest potential is, is essentially like being curious about the world and just figuring it out. Um, I ask why I ask the question why too much almost. So I always ask, <laughs> you- I'm always asking myself why, 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 why? And I think that's driven me to be a better fighter and a better person outside of the cage too. That's good. I'm just hoping that uh, when, you, when you say it like that, it makes it sound like you're getting people who are like, all right, can you cut down on the why? We're, we're good here, my man. <laughs> um, you know, one thing that I've also been curious about is we talk about all the places that you're getting, all of your influences. Uh, you know, we talk about the stuff that you're seeing. When you get to the UFC level, I'm always curious of like, I think the joke in my head for you is I can see you in the UFC but I feel that you're so good at your videography that I could see you being told, all right, produce your own segment with you, film your training <laughs> yourself and then uh, interview yourself and then put that out. That'd be sick. I mean, ideally I would have the time to, to do that and the manpower to do that, or at least direct something like that. That'd be so much fun. <laughs> but, um, but where is the videography <laughs> for you right now? Because I don't know yep. that people are as familiar with exactly what you're doing behind the scenes, but you are, really really responsible for a number of really cool videos that we've seen from a number of different fight camps or a number of different uh fighters themselves that you you put together really solid work man yeah thank you i I appreciate that i mean right now i was actually like part of producing a show in uh in brazil called pasando garda so that was pretty sick you know i was able to go interview people with george interview like all these top brazilian guys went to anderson silva's house one time that was cool but um you know that that kind of went to the wayside right now i'm really just producing stuff um for black house because my main focus and priority number one is fighting i know that i have a limited 
you know, career at that in terms of just time and age. Everyone gets old. I can't fight forever. So I'm really just focusing on doing stuff for some of the Black House guys, some of my friends as well. I shoot some for, for Virus and other companies too. Um, but it's, you know, it's it's cool to be able to film those guys all the time. Like film guys like Bubba Jenkins, you know, NCAA champion wrestler, brave featherweight champion now. And just watching him move. So I shoot that stuff in high shutter speed, slow motion. And then I can see, like, huh, this is why that takedown's working. Or mm-hmm. he's doing this little funky motion right here. And that's the setup to get to this leg. And so being able to do that with guys like Bubba, guys like Kevin Casey, you know, all of Kenny Johnson's wrestling classes, it all kind of adds up for me. It helps a lot. And it's just fun. So I'm very blessed and lucky to, to have a job like that. Good on you. I mean, that is one of the reasons why whenever I'm covering something, uh, you know, it, it takes you out of enjoying it or, you know, fully being able to be a fan as you're watching it. And you're because yeah. you're, you're thinking you're like, if this guy doesn't move and give me the right shot, I'm going to bust somebody's head uh, sometimes. Yeah. But when it's at its purest, you know, if I'm covering an event, I'm doing photography. I do get those peering looks at like, oh, man, I get to see how they set this up. And I see how they, they transition and I do that. So sometimes it is the best seat in the house is just through mm-hmm. the viewfinder, um, which I'm always really, really excited about. Let me ask this. You've been doing a lot of stuff all over the place. I know you have family in Hawaii. Um, were you able to get back there, I could think, relatively recently, right? Yeah, I went back, um, what was that, in August or so with my fiance. We went to her house in the Big Island. Um, and then we went to my island, Oahu. Mm. And my family has a restaurant out there called, well, it's the Boiling Crab. I don't know if you guys heard of it. It's a, it's a bomb-ass seafood place. But we have, uh, my family owns the one out in Hawaii. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Hawaii is, it's an awesome place. I love getting out there. I wish I could go more. It's just every everything's up here, you know. Sure. Family. I got two cats now. I used to have a dog when my girl took him to vet school, so. I got to stay up here. (laughs) (laughs) So you have to take care of the cats. I I like that you're, you know, you're, you're kind of like us for, it's just kind of like, I would, but these kids. Yeah. Damn kids. These damn kids just keeping us everywhere. Uh, I don't even know because I used to hate cats and now I'm like a freaking cat lady. So whatever. (laughs) Well, you know, it just comes with maturing, sir. At a certain (laughs) point, you just kind of realize (laughs) you, you got what you got. I mean, I guess the funny part is we've got a dog right now and uh, she normally likes to just be on camera. Like she has a sixth sense of when I'm reporting or I'm on camera live and then she tries to get on. Right now she's literally just bunched up on the floor <laughs> because she just goes, all right, fine. If you're going to be boring for a while, I'm just going to lie down and take a nap. And I'm like, that's perfectly fine with me. Yeah. Um, yep. Love the animals. But you, when you do get out to Hawaii, do you ever get an opportunity? Like, do you have to stop and train anywhere? Or is it just vacation? Do you try to veg out? Are you able to get some sort of peace of mind when that happens? Yeah, I mean, for me, it's – I don't – well, I never actually started training until I moved up into the mainland. Mm-hmm. So I don't have any real roots out there in terms of training. I did roll once at a, at a jiu-jitsu place right by my house, mm-hmm. which is awesome. Island jiu-jitsu out there. Those guys are cool. But uh, for me, it's it's never been a thing where I go out there for a super long time. So it's just about connecting, going back to an old house, connecting to the land. You know, every time I go back, you know, it just makes me love it and miss it even more. And once once my girl's done with uh, with vet school and stuff, and 
once I'm done fighting for sure, 120% we're moving back to Hawaii. That's just, that's where I want to have a family. That's, I love the land out there. I love the people out there, the culture. It's, it's amazing. So for me, it's more about reconnecting than anything else. Now you mentioned engagement. When do you, when does that happen? When do you guys do that? Yeah, we're, well, she gets breaks every, uh, every four months or so. So she has a two week vacation in April and we're going to get married in April and, probably head out to uh, Barcelona right after that, enjoy a quick honeymoon. And hopefully, you know, I'll be fighting for a belt or in the UFC right after that. <laughs> okay. okay. Just making sure. Cause I mean, <laughs> the worst part about fighters is the, the best laid plans always have something that come up. So I'm just hoping yeah. that they do you a solid and that there's not a series of fights. Did you look at a calendar to make sure there's not UFCs coming around that time? No, I haven't looked that far in advance, but you know it is what it is. If if I get a call, then then we got to take that. But the timing seems about right for for anything. You know, if I fight now in November, probably get another fight in March or so. If it's if it's still in the LFA, and you know, if I get called up, it'd probably be a short notice type of thing, anyways. So, you know, we'll just see. We'll take everything as it comes. Here's something that bodes well for you, though. The UFC comes to Anaheim in January. Bellator is yeah. also here in January, so it looks like they probably don't make that next rotation around uh, for a little while. So yeah. usually that's <laughs> the first one that happens for the guys is always that Bellator and UFC. They go, well, we're here, so who you got? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that would be ideal, man. If I can get um, when I get this finish, you know, make it a spectacular finish, and you know, hopefully, I know I'm ready, and I just want to keep putting myself out there. And, and show the world what's up. Awesome. You know, we've interviewed before on Verbal Tap, and this is, you know, we, this is called Grappling Hour because we're trying to do the MMA version or the grappling version of the MMA Hour because I feel like so many of the guys don't get the opportunity to do that. Obviously, you're fighting MMA, but I do like to kind of connect it in the sense of what is it about grappling that originally brought you in? Like, what was it that appealed to you in the art of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Yeah, I mean, you guys know who train. I assume everyone who listens to this has trained before. But once that Jiu-Jitsu bug bites, you know, you just get sucked in. And as I was talking about before, you know, the whole curiosity thing, that, that Jiu-Jitsu bug bit me. And I was like, boom, all over YouTube, trying to learn everything, learning about OG Jiu-Jitsu guys. And it was just everything on my mind. I was obviously practicing on my significant other at home, which everyone does to their dismay <laughs> but um but yeah it was it's just fun man and it's fun it's fun to be able to push yourself and not completely wreck your body mm-hmm. as well you're not getting punched in the head a bunch you're not coming home with with bruises all over your face but jiu-jitsu is just it's an amazing sport and it, it's crazy the different levels to it as well like when when you start to train with either different instructors or, or different different people it's it's nuts. Like last year when Cobrino was getting ready for ADCC, I got to do a couple rounds with him because he was coming in for wrestling at Black House mm-hmm. uh, and Kenny Johnson's classes. And being able to just go with him a few times was like, damn, there's just a whole nother level. Once it hits the ground, like he was just on your back, just like that. And it's, it's really cool to feel that level of player. And, and like, like we we're talking about with Kevin Casey, you know, he shows what seemingly some of the most basic things are the most basic adjustments. And it, it makes a world of difference on the ground. So I love that about about jujitsu and the sport of grappling. I know you mentioned that you'll probably be back in Hawaii. 
once you're kind of done with uh, the MMA scene. But would you ever entertain doing more super fights and grappling matches if they didn't interfere with your MMA career? Yeah, I mean, if it doesn't interfere with the MMA, absolutely. But maybe, I know, like, I just, I had that competitive fire in me. I've always had it. That's why I got into MMA. I was a major soccer player at first. Shout out to Paradise Soccer Club. They're they're big out in Hawaii, but these guys, uh, they're a sponsor, baby. Go check them out. No, but they, I, I used to play soccer all the time, and once I got to college and and there was no more soccer for me, it's like, what do I do? What do I do? I was just itching to do something. I was just lifting weights all the time, getting all depressed and shit until I found martial arts and, and jiu-jitsu and Muay Thai. So I think that once MMA is done, you know, I'll probably start hitting the grappling scene a lot more. I know I haven't been doing any competitions and stuff because, you know, MMA is priority number one right now. Sure. But And you also, you're, I don't know if this is the right phrase, but in some way you were on borrowed time in MMA. You have a certain wingspan of, of years that you know you're in your prime and you can really make an impact. So you don't yeah. want to, you don't really want to disrupt that, especially when all the kids are trying with their heel hooks and their whatnot. <laughs> So, you know, that's, that's the thing is (laughs) these damn kids, it's all they want to do, man. Everybody's all like, how do I get to a leg lock? I don't, I don't know anything else, but if I can just do that. Um, so that's the one thing that I know. And, and I feel like it's cool because I see that you have that skill and that talent and obviously you are inclined to go the route of MMA, but the nice thing about grappling is you can do it forever. You know, so that is the nice part about uh, us. And really, when you're retired at MMA age, it's still you're in the realm of being really (laughs) okay to do grappling and jujitsu and put on really high caliber matches. So I'm just putting that bug out there. You do it if it what you will. Um, Yeah, no, I'll definitely get the main thing for me is too. I just can't get fat, you know, especially if I move back home to to Hawaii. All the food is is too good out there. (laughs) So I'm definitely going to have to be grappling a bunch working out and stuff so well, what is fat I'll be to you because you like i don't <laughs> know you as anything other like you don't have a dima story where you came down in weight. you don't have like those things like i think you at your fattest has just been whatever i've seen you at which is almost consistently the same the only difference is sometimes when you're fighting you're just more shredded <laughs> no well you know i used to have a gummy bear problem back in the day I, was, I wasn't too heavy, but one time after an amateur fight, I just pounded so much sugar, my body wasn't used to it, and I, I got swollen with edema, so I went from 135 to, I think it was 165 in like two days or three days, no because of all the sugar and uh, whatever was going on with my liver and stuff, like I wasn't pissing anything out, so I was just huge and fat, and after that, that kind of really shook me, so I was like, all right. I got to stay on my diet, especially the week after the fight, which is the hardest thing to do. Yeah. And then um, I'm never going to let myself get that big. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what it is, but uh, you fighters are not smart in some way. And I don't know what the connecting thread is. Uh, a guy you fought, who's a friend of mine now, uh, but at the time I was not uh, as close or knew him as well. But uh, Milton, who you yeah. fought years ago. Yeah. Which is always nice because there is a moment where I have to do the like, oh, yeah, Vince is like a homie of mine. And I wasn't rooting for you then. But now we know <laughs> each other. We're friends. And he's like, no. he's like, dude, he goes, Vince is the shit. I like him a lot. And I go, that's dope. Yeah. Um, yeah. Milton's a cool guy, man. That's You find that with MMA a lot, too, is 
is more often than not you almost become not i want to say friends with with the dudes you fought but there's that mutual level of respect yeah. especially yeah. when you share blood in there and share a battle me and milton had a crazy battle so Absolutely. you know respect to him he's killing it but he told me not in confidence just in regular normal conversation when we're talking about weight cuts and he just goes yeah man i miss gummy bears and i go that's what you have to cut out the rest of us who are old have to cut out like literally everything else and you idiot kids just come over and go like i don't know why i'm not losing any weight or what are you eating <laughs> well these gummy bears but that's oh that's nothing like all of you like there's a thread i feel like i need to make of the current amount of athletes that i know that suffer from some sort of candy addiction and it makes me get a little sad because i'm like i'm not addicted to gummy bears i love them <laughs> but i can tell you i get them like once every three four months uh and that's, that's weak it's not weak i'm just i can't do what you guys do i'm not <laughs> able to train as much as you guys do because i know if i ate like two meals where i go you get that moment where you look around and you go uh-oh yeah, this isn't going to go well for me. I better get to training real quick. On uh, Sunday, I actually just asked one of our friends. who's a really good uh, grappling round for me. We just finished an hour straight of wrestling. And the night before, I had all-you-can-eat sushi. And he looks at me and he goes, hey, anybody want to get around? And I was like, I don't. But I ate too much. So I have to. So I'm paying for it right now. And it was a terrible round for me. <laughs> anyway hey that, that's a secret though right there and and i've realized through this this fight camp when we were doing our hard-ass sprints and because i'm killing my body so much literally sugar like the gummy bears and stuff although i haven't been eating gummy bears i've been like pouring honey down my mouth but you can you can have that stuff right after you do like just a crazy hard wipeout workout so mm. you know for all you guys out there that are wondering you can still eat your gummy bears <laughs> i just i feel this is terrible nutrition <laughs> It needs to be right after you destroy your body and you push yourself to the brink of death, and then it's cool. <laughs> I literally replenish those carb stores, baby. <laughs> I listen. I've I've heard so many crazy conspiracy theories about what you can and cannot do, and I swear to God, on one super shitty website I read once, the under things you can have after you train. Once it just said beer and i go i'm not gonna <laughs> fact check this at all done and to this day i still don't fact check it but people were like why would you drink that i go that the carbs are probably good if you're there and it stops you from drinking other stuff and they go is that scientifically backed oh no no not <laughs> helps your body relax so you can recover <laughs> makes sense to me absolutely well let's do a couple more things here vince uh, obviously you know you're excited about the fight you've got uh, you know, you've got big goals, you've got things that you're looking at. Um, let me ask you about this, which has been something that I've been interested in terms of, you know, like, what is it ultimately that you're looking to pass on and do as a legacy in terms of Kobe? So if you're thinking Kobe left a legacy, what would you like your legacy to be so that, you know, in 10 years when I ghost write your book for you? uh you know that you have that like what is that book feature and what is in it yeah i mean i i've absolutely thought about this million times over and still working on on developing something and slowly into my way to, to my master plan but i really want to produce a legacy of the athlete's journey i don't know if, i don't know if you're familiar with the hero's journey by joseph campbell mm -hmm. but 
you know, athletes go through that same process and it's not just athletes, it's, it's a human journey. And I really want to push that out there coming at it from a more, you know, Kobe's actually doing it right now for the kids through his Granity Studios and he's producing up. Oh, there's a cat, you know, Go away. His, his name is Boba Fett. Dope name. Um, but yeah, Kobe's doing it for the kids. <laughs> and, and my idea is to do it in a more philosophical sure. way for, for the adults, the philosophical, psychological. So I want to get definitely put a lot more into that and, and make sure that that my name is, is attached to that not necessarily because I want to be famous for that, but because I think it's super important to, to leave your mark on the world. And I feel like these are various connections that I've pulled together. And I feel that I have a unique ability to kind of drive out as well with my skill sets. Get off. So, so that's what I'm looking forward to doing. Wow. Uh, I mean, the camera definitely does not seem like something the cat has not looked at before. Uh, so there's that. I, I just find that so great Vince because you know, you continue to put on really, really impressive fights. I really wanted to make sure that people knew about this one in particular because it's in our backyard. It's here in California. Um, the rest of the car looks solid. And, you know, it's always cool when we see you get your shot because I do see you grinding and you're one of the few people who kind of knows what I do. And that's always fun and interesting to know. But more than that, it's like, nah, dude, you're, you're burning... Uh, this kind of like candle at both ends. You're doing the MMA stuff. You're editing these videos about MMA. You're uh, also, you know, you teach classes. You do all this sort of stuff where I'm like, I see you do tons of things and I just think it's so cool. And I, I hope that you are kind of living that life that you are, you would always want it to do, you know? And I feel like every day I see you kind of uh, mixing those different things together. I think this has to be pretty close to what you want. <laughs> absolutely man i really appreciate appreciate that but but yeah it is you know some days where where you're doing a whole bunch working out a bunch and there's just too much shit going on and you know you start complaining and complaining your head you know sometimes i have to snap out of it and realize like 20 years from now i'm gonna look back on this and be like damn i wish i could go back there yeah. where i'm literally you know my job is to train my job is to take photos and video of these super athletes mm -hmm. my job is to, to edit that stuff it's you know, I'm, I'm really lucky and blessed. And, and I know, man, I know that I, I have it good right now. It's going to be better, you know, when I'm at the top, but I love what I do. And what the hell are you shooting on? Because you sent me photos and I told you this, but it's 100% the truth. I looked at these photos and I go, oh, I don't deserve any of these because they look too good. And I know that you are like, nah, Raph, you deserve them. I put up one photo, one photo that you gave me on a recent podcast for this show and people go what that's not you you look too good in that photo and I was like, that's <laughs> all vince so what are you shooting on man nah it's not on me I mean, i'm definitely i'm not working with low quality gear i'm shooting right now on a sony a9 uh which is you know premium for for sports stuff i got a 24 to 70 g master on that bad boy i wish i could get get more lenses and things sometimes i shoot an 85 or, or 35 but but yeah it's uh you know with the eye and everything like that matters mm -hmm. and then on top of that when you have the gear too mm -hmm. that then it, it adds a lot more so i've been lucky to start my way from the bottom and use shitty stuff and develop that eye develop the framing and work my way up you know i wish 
I wish I could take more time and only shoot because that would be really fun. But, um, you know, sometimes I just got to go in there, rip some photos, wrestle around, come out, wrestle around, try to or try to try to not let my jittery ass shaking arms from wrestling fuck up the photos. And then I'll put the camera back down, wipe it off and hop back in there and wrestle again. And and that's just, you know, that's how I roll. I (laughs) kind of fuck with you when you're like cameraman, because listen, dude, I I get messed with in every way, shape or form. And the nice thing that does make it somewhat accommodating is most of the time people know that I train. So they're usually just kind of like, Oh, I mean, he'll, he'll come, he'll actually draw with us. So that's fine. But you're with these giant dudes (laughs) <laughs> who I know have various senses of humor, but are they ever messing with you when you like make the switch from like, all right, I was MMA fighter Vince. Now I'm photographer Vince. Yeah. I mean, I've had my ass grabbed a few times by Dima and Christos and those guys, <laughs> you, you know how it is, but you know, you know, what's interesting about that too, is I had to earn my street cred over there at black house. Cause when I first started, you know, I didn't really know any of the guys. I only knew a few of them. Mm-hmm. And to most of them, you know, I was just like some kid with a camera, True. like the new, the, the new photographer guy there. And, and you know, when they saw me producing some cool stuff for them and, and then they saw me training with them and then fighting, you know, it was, it was cool for me to earn that street cred with those guys. <laughs> it's always the joke I say, which is, uh, and it's true, but, the minute somebody who is an athlete finds out that you train, they give you a better interview, like bar none. They don't, they don't really care. They're just literally there of like, you know, they'll sit there and think that you're just some Bob Costas coming over to them and going, Hey, (laughs) tell me about your thing. Whereas half the time you'll, you'll say something that'll trigger something. And they're like, Oh, I train here. And they're always like, Oh word. What do you like? What do you do? And it's always like, Oh, this interview just got magically better. And I didn't do anything other than what I normally do. So there is that. All right, Vince. Well, let's do this. I don't want to take up too, too much of your time. Do the plugs. Tell us who is sponsoring you, who is responsible for helping to pay the bills and make you uh, the <laughs> profesh fight that you is, sir. Yeah, man. Very blessed to have some great sponsors. A lot of them have been with me for a while, like Punch Gunk. And we've got Luta Gear, who I know. You know those guys. They're they're amazing. Oh, I just got to you know, brand out all their shit that they got me. Oh, yeah. Literally, you know what the dumb part is? They sent this to me, and no lie, they did this over on uh, the show that we had like a large broadcast. And they, like, my wife brought this over to me, and she goes, You got a package in. And I just go, This is the easiest drop in insert there is to do. That it just so happened that they came in. Yes, they're lovely people. There it is. Yep. I love those guys. Um, We also got, I got Paradise Soccer Club. All time R. It's my family's restaurant, Boiling Crab Hoy, and, and the Boiling Crab up here. Those guys have supported me since since the Milton fight, actually. And um, also, one more thing, you guys can find me on Fight Tips on YouTube. Close to two million subscribers on there. You know, I work with uh, Shane Faison, and then I'm like there, the MMA coach. So I teach some MMA stuff from time to time over there. And, I noticed, you know, that. great I'm, people all around. I was a little, I was a little miffed because I was like. Um... This is getting a little close to my realm, except that you're teaching people. And I'm like, listen, dude, I don't mind that you do this because I, I don't mind like taking photos and being the everyman who does everything. But when I see you starting to host things too, I'm like, mm, I don't <laughs> well, know. I'm not hosting, man. I'm just teaching. I'm just showing some cool techniques. Looks the same. And vibe with that flight tips family. Very similar. <laughs> Uh, but I thought that was pretty dope. The first couple times I saw those videos pop up, I was like, good for you, dude. And that's great when you have like that big of an audience too, because 
honestly, dude, sometimes you put up those technique videos, you don't know what's going to hit, you don't know what's going to go. But if you've already got a built-in audience that only does good things for both uh, you as an instructor and more importantly, you as a fighter, which to me is always like rule number one, get eyeballs for people to see you. Yeah. Yeah, people uh, people don't realize that this isn't just a sport. This is not just a competition. You know, it's it's entertainment after all. And, and that's what guys like the UFC want to see is, is eyeballs. Yep. And I'm, I'm not that guy with that Conor McGregor type of – Personality, I'm not. Could be. I could could 100% (laughs) teach you. You have terrible people who work with you. Like, you know, I mean, I I wouldn't go the Blake route with you because I don't think that you have that personality. Blake is that person. That's y'all. Blake's the best. I love his shit. Oh, I love Blake too. Awesome. You know what the weird part is? Blake is tailor made for being that goon. Like, you look at him and you go, "Yeah, he's a big dude who looks scary." Has and a grenade chain. Has a grenade chain. Uh, is super strong and a good fighter. And at the very least knows how to use his words to instigate. And so yeah. I'm like, yeah, put all those things together. Um, and he's and Photoshop. To- and Photoshop. I don't know who's doing his Photoshops, if he is. or But some of the stuff that he put out <laughs> with the last fight was ridiculous. They were pretty awesome. good. He, <laughs> he at one point was asking me about Photoshop. And I wanted to be like... Why do you want to come to me when I see exactly what you're doing? You know what I mean? Like you're just fine. Uh, but no, we we could figure out something for you. You could. I think we could make you that sugar ray kind of light uh, <laughs> version of of just teaching you a certain couple one liners or two. So that that's in the future. That's for us to figure out. And there we go. We'll work on that. And where are people going to be able to see you fight, sir? And are there tickets available? Yeah. So it's going to be in Costa Mesa, LFA fifty four. Move cat. <laughs> um and that's next friday november 16th uh doors open at five i'm probably gonna be fighting at 7 p.m sharp so i hope to see you guys there you can find tickets at lfatix.com just make sure you select my name at checkout and yeah just excited to go out there and put on the show dope is it gonna be on access or axs yep yeah it will be on access tv so uh you can catch me on there and, and uh hopefully if, if you're watching this in a faraway place I have this yeah. rule where I'm like, if you're in a 25 degree radius of where this man is fighting, don't Come be on lazy. Out. Just, just <laughs> go to him and see him fight. Uh, well, Vince, I cannot thank you enough for taking out time to chat with us here today. I always look forward to uh, you know seeing you fight, and uh, this is no exception, dude. I, I continue to think uh, bigger and better things are, are heading your way, my man. Thank you, Rap. I really appreciate that. I appreciate you having me on and, you know, look forward to doing work. So thanks for listening, guys. All right, man. Thank you so much. 